0: You have to have the ability to win their trust and to show them that there's a career path. And that's one of the reasons for leaders having a bigger vision is because the bigger your vision, the more room you have for people to attain opportunities.
1: Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the show. This is the show that gets you in front of your best audience and keeps you there. My name is Rick Nusky. I'm your host, and I would just like to take a second of pause to thank you for all of the support that the show is receiving for without you, it just wouldn't be as special. I've seen some of the positive feedback and it's just so inspiring, so motivating to have you supporting the show. So thank you very much for that support. Now, We have somebody very special lined up for you today. He is an author, an entrepreneur, and visionary real estate leader, Mr. Scott Agnew. Welcome to the show, Scott.
0: Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here and I appreciate the opportunity to share with you everyone on, on your wonderful show.
1: Yes, thank you very much for joining me again. Look, um, you have done so much in the field of leadership and we're gonna be taking a deep dive into that in a moment. We're gonna also talk about your uh, book, A Long-Term Leader, The Hidden Secrets of the Power of Soft Skills to go from CEO to successful business owner. So there's a fair bit to unpack here. Now, you and I just briefly touched on the fact that this rabbit hole goes deep. So we're going to uh, explore a number of Different areas. But before we do any of that, Scott, where are you calling in from today? I'm in uh, Tempe, Arizona, in the United States. Oh, wonderful. Now, last time I went through there, it was quite warm. What's the, what's the weather like this time of year?
0: <laughs> yes, it's quite warm. Actually, it's cool. It's actually cooled off, though. It's below 100 now today. So.
1: <laughs> A balmy 95. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: yes. <laughs> so, what do you love about the place? Oh, you know, Arizona is a very diverse state. Um, you know, you can you can go to the lake and fish, and you can just, you know water ski and do all those kinds of things. You uh, you you can go up to the mountains in the winter and snow ski. Yep. Or uh, actually, tomorrow I'm leaving for a uh, a trail ride. We're going. a oh. Group of my group of my buddies and I are going on a trail ride. Right, riding some horses. You know, nose nose to rear and and pretending like we're real cowboys so that's going to be <laughs>
1: too fantastic thank you very much for sharing and uh, this is what i think makes the my future business show so much different to many other shows is that we take a look behind the curtain of the business and we say well you know we know that fundamentally businesses don't change but the people behind them do and i think that's a really good segue into starting to talk about um mindset and as it applies to leadership. Now, you would uh, obviously know a fair bit about the importance of mindset in the in the work that you do. How important actually is having a, a good mindset or the right mindset?
0: Well, it's, it's very important. And I mean, think about it this way. I mean, if you were, you know, if you were talking to your children, you know, would you want them to go for it, you know, or would you just play status quo, right? Yep. If it was your abuse your own children. So think about mindset as the what's possible, right? And uh that I think is extremely important. And you know, to to have big thoughts and to want to live a large life and to, you know, really understand why you're doing it and to get in touch with that is very important in terms of, you know, really solidifying and galvanizing your mindset.
1: Yeah you you also um, obviously look after yourself and I wonder um the importance that you give to r- resting recharging recuperating and stepping away from the business from time to time is that important as a leader Yes in fact
0: I've been told at times that I need to work more and harder to have a balanced life so oh,
1: um, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so on that you know on that note uh, yes it's very important to take care of yourself it's very important to recharge and I think you know, I mean, it's your vehicle, right? Uh, it's it's the it's it's like you wouldn't, uh, as Zig Ziglar said, you know, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and not exercise and all that stuff. It was if it was the only vehicle you had.
1: So yes, self, <laughs> so, right? Zig Ziglar, wow, there's some, that's a classic name if I've ever heard a a mentor. Now, tell me a little bit about mentorship and having those uh, people around you when you were growing up. Did you have anybody special that you looked to outside of, you know, the likes of Zig Ziglar?
0: Well, when I was growing up, I I lost my father at a young age. And so I uh, had, um, you know, I had a few people in my life that kind of took me under their wing and, um, you know, uh, mentorship has meant everything to me, because I didn't really have a guide, uh, a a male guide, if you will, Um, Mom was very strong. And, you know, she did what she could. But you know, there's no I don't think there's any substitute. But when I look back on it, of course, wow, how how resourceful did I become? Because I, you know, I had to operate on my own wits a little bit, right? So yep, yep. So there's a lot of
1: go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, look, yeah, I was going to take the conversation in another direction if we if we could. I I often like talking about you know going back in time a little bit and remembering the first time that we ever experienced uh, being an entrepreneur. For me, it was um. I used to wash cars. It was the, one of the very first things I ever did, and I thought, wow, I've learned so much. When especially when you look back, do you have a memory like that?
0: Oh yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I was a paper boy. You know, that's where I started out to go way back, but. Beyond that, I think the first real business I had was, you know, cutting grass um, in 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 Arizona. I was a I was a freshman in high school. I was a freshman high school. It was 115 degrees out. I was from India. I didn't. I wasn't used to the heat, and and not really thinking it through. I decided that the best thing I could do to raise, you know, get money and have a decent time was to uh, cut grass. So I had I had several clients, I had 23 clients, I, I did three commercial uh, projects, and kind of turned it into a real business. So
1: that was yes. when I was
0: 15, 16 years old. So
1: so, and then beyond that, you've gone ahead and you've created a, a you know, another uh, wonderful business around you, and you, you would have had to have taken some chances on yourself, you know, expose yourself to risk. How would you say for somebody who's coming up and thinking about doing a similar thing, what would you say to, to them about risk? Should they, you know, embrace it? Should they worry about it? How did you manage it?
0: Well, I think what you do is you you, you kind of look at other people that have succeeded in what you want to do before. And, you know, yep. if you, if you, you want to take the risk out of it, you develop, you know, you develop a, a understanding of maybe a model that you can follow, and you work on your skills. The more skill you have, the less risk there is.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now, um, before we get into, I guess, the core of the call, this wonderful book, tell us a little bit about uh, your role as the CEO and operating partner at Keller Williams Realty. Could you share a little bit of, just for context?
0: Sure, Um, I operate uh, two separate franchises, one in Arizona, one in Utah. So physically, I'm in both states at the same time. And I also have the responsibility of developing and growing the uh, Utah uh, region, if you will, the entire state for uh, additional franchises and um, you know that involves um, you know a lot of training and coaching and things of that nature. So that's that's the scope of my responsibility.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing. Now I know that in a role like that there would be certainly uh, leadership <laughs> skills required and you would be exercising them daily, but there'd be a few people on the call today would love to learn from the ground up. Tell us a little bit about what your perception of leadership actually is.
0: Well, my perception of leadership is really about helping people uh, think the way they need to think. Um, It's not about telling people what to think, like a lot of leaders do. It's about helping people work through their own thoughts. And the reason when when you help people think the way they need to think, Um, oftentimes that is followed by action, So people will do what they need to do. Uh, but the real cherry on top is to make sure it's for their reasons, not, not ours. And then you just have to match the right person with what you need them to do. They need to kind of love what you need them to do. And then for their reasons, they'll have a, a sense of natural commitment, natural enthusiasm and natural, um, you know, just natural energy around what they're doing.
1: We touched on mindset a little earlier, Scott, and I'm wondering, is leadership an inner game initially?
0: 100%. I mean, I think leadership is such an inner game, and this is really what the focus is of the book. I mean, I tell some stories and examples, but the focus of the book is, I'm gonna use a word, the inner game is to, you know we the the battles that we fight mostly are within us and so the inner game is about keeping ourselves in a place where we uh um, we are okay with things right um you know so and I, I struggle with i struggle with that as a young leader for sure you know hot 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 to tell and you know hot mess and <laughs> You know,
1: you know, all that stuff. So. All that stuff. Now, I, I, I often think about when I hear leadership and the spiel that the leaders give them, uh, and you know, sometimes a leader will come into an organization, they don't actually even own an organization, then they're they're there to espouse the values and the mission and vision of the company. How yeah. important is it for them to be truly living and walking the walk for the businesses they work with?
0: Well, yeah, if, if, if that's not really the case, then it always sounds like rhetoric
1: to your audience and
0: that, you know, you and I know that we can both tell when somebody knows about something, but they don't actually know what it is. And so it's very important to have lived and walked your talk and gotten through, gone through the struggles and challenges so that when you're, when you're speaking, you're speaking not just from your head, but you're speaking and talking from your heart because you've felt it, you've been there, and you understand the you understand it at a deeper deeper level. And when when you you know when you communicate in in a manner like that, the audience can feel it. And if they if they're if you're really on and you're really in your you know in your authentic self, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have an audience that's gonna be captivated and listening to you. I'm not saying everybody's not always a hundred percent listening, but at the same time, you've got to go in there and kind of just wear your wear your heart on your sleeve, and you've got to be honest and truthful, and and not just about what you want them to do, but about your own your own failures, your own struggles. That's where people learn, you know. They learn a lot around our, you know, what we had to overcome or where we had to go in order to get to a place where we were actually given the honor of leading, right?
1: yes yeah, absolutely great feedback thank you very much scott now i'm wondering um just quickly who do you see is a good leader in uh, industry nowadays are there any
0: in the real estate industry there there are there are several good leaders um i think there are different levels of leaders um there there are there are companies out there that are being led um by um leaders that aren't really leaders. They're basically Wall Street, you know, cap they raise capital on Wall Street uh, as they understand that language. So they, they have a lot of money um, to throw at things. Um, but as far as just a visionary, you know, the guy that really I think leads the real estate industry is a guy named Gary Keller. Um, uh, he he understands uh the real estate business at a very deep level, at a high level. And he's been able to um, really coach and consult um, the top top agents in the industry for many many years. Um, Gary's a master at collaboration, um, and he's a master at extracting and getting granular with what the real issues are in you know in a real estate agent's life to build to build a life worth living, so to speak. Because real yes. estate real estate can be very demanding, a twenty four seven kind of job if you're. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely great feedback. Now, um, we touched on this earlier, uh, Scott, um, but I'd like to take it a bit further in terms of um, being human and being vulnerable as a leader. Is that okay, regardless of the industry that you work in, do you think?
0: I do. I think it's okay, and I think it's not only okay, but I, I feel my belief is that it 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 actually helps you move along faster with the ability to, you know, influence or connect with people because people, you know, people out in the business world are, you know, they're especially in today's, you know, in today's environment, it's an uncertain world out there. And the more real you are, the more authentic you can, you know, show up. I think the more you ease the uncertainty and when people are when you're relatable, right? there's there's a calm that happens and it's amazing the more relatable you are the more you learn as a leader you know Jordan Peterson said this really well he says that when you want to help somebody he said don't tell them what to do what you really need to do is listen to them and so that is a I think a key component in today's world about being real and authentic and being interested being actually interested in what others' thoughts feelings and beliefs are
1: Jordan Peterson there's another fantastic name, absolutely. Loving this feedback. Thank you so very much. Now, when we uh, look to engage a, you know a, a quote unquote leader, what are we looking for? Is it, is it something that can be learned or are we looking for natural born leaders? Are, are, are there two different breeds?
0: Well, I, I do believe there is a certain element of behavior out there that is naturally, you know uh, oriented towards leadership for sure. anybody on the in the call understands you know behavior profiles typically you know the more direct person is and the the more they do not really you know uh, they're not as sensitive if you will to other people's you know opinions those those are the types that tend to to step into leadership uh, much much more easily and they feel less fear around it. Um, and there's other personality types that love being, you know, supportive in the background. And uh, there's others that, you know, like to be the cross the T's and dot your eyes person on a team. And then there's, then there's connectors out there that are fabulous at the sales process, but don't necessarily want to be responsible for success through other people. So it's a, it's it's a, it's a rare, I think it's a rare quality. But the, if you have that quality, then i think it's about developing that quality and learning the skills and the art of leadership
1: i'm wondering if we can just explore leadership patterns are there commonalities between leaders that you know there would be one thing that stands out that they all should have or all do have
0: yeah i think i think one of the common things amongst leaders is they they have a they have a certain charisma with people and they have the ability to paint a fairly clear vision you know where are we headed what are we you know why are we doing this um and what is it that we want to accomplish what does it look like when we accomplish our mission right um i think uh you know that's that's common amongst leaders they and and unfortunately leadership uh rick isn't necessarily good or bad uh leadership is and uh but that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have um, huge huge integrity necessarily but there are people that can lead other people because they're good at leadership um but it's they're two different things being a good person who's a leader and just being a leader who wants to get your own needs met so they have the ability to to influence and just and to persuade people for sure
1: I love uh, love the call, Scott. I, I liked uh, watching your video as well that introduces you on uh, your website. And one of the things that I took uh, took away from that is the question about why leaders fail to leave a legacy. Why is that? Do you think?
0: Well, because they're in. You know, most you know. There's a there's statistics out there around businesses, right? Fifty percent of businesses fail in the first three years. Um, 90% of the businesses out there, small businesses, entrepreneurial business fail within the first 10, you know, in the first 10 years. So that leaves about a 10% chance of success. And, and so if you approach people and situations and you, if you, if you're always manipulating and forcing people to do things, people will respond out of fear in the short term. Um, and that's, that's an approach that a lot of, you know, leaders, especially in, in, a, in a, you know, in a world where you're measured every quarter, right, on your, on your results and, you know, maybe you're responsible to shareholders and you've got a lot of other, you know, pressures on you to, you know, just, ba- just bang it away every, every uh, 90 days. But one of the, I think one of the things that makes, you know, an effective long-term leader is to, um, you know, develop your people, and um, you know be patient a little bit more patient with the process and as long as you have the right talented people in place it's just a matter of them learning the things that the role requires rather you're not going to change them as a person but you can develop their skills and you can develop their ability to focus and you can you know you can you can use some tools and those kind of things that that are helpful but You know as you know if you're trying to build an organization it really is going to depend on who you have in the organization dan sullivan who is the head of a company called strategic coach wrote an amazing book with ben hardy called who not how and so when you get the right who's (laughs) sound like who, bill you get the right who's um you know they'll figure out the how
1: yeah, I can tell that you've exposed yourself to some very intelligent people, some people that know what they're on about. Dan Sullivan's another name dropper absolutely love. <laughs> I'd love to if we could talk about how leadership styles have changed over the years and, you know, we you talked about controlling and dominating and what is it now? Is it shifted at all, do you think?
0: Yeah, it's 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 it's, you know, there's a lot of factors that enter into it, but I think we can all agree that um, the, the, you know, the old school command and control type leadership is it's old school. Um, the, the, those, that, that style was back in the more autocratic era. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was, you could get away with it when there were less options for workers, for people that worked and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, managers today. I mean, it's as simple, you know, people can go to work anywhere. They can work for anybody. And sometimes they can just do it off a computer screen. You know, so you have to have the ability to, you know, win their trust and, they, and to show them that, you know, there's a career path um, and you have to. And that's one of the reasons for leaders having a bigger vision is because the bigger your vision, the more room you have for people to attain opportunities.
1: So tell us who is the primary audience for your book? Who would be best uh, reading this book?
0: you know it's 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 so tempting to just say everyone right but that's not that's not really true it's you know it's it's those that are you know see themselves as coaches those that see themselves as manager leaders um ceos who are who are struggling with um you know attracting and keeping talent in their in their world um anybody who wants to move from the corporate you know management slash leader world into the ownership world how do you move how do you become an owner rather than just a high level ceo that's on salary so if you want freedom if you want flexibility you've got to be able to to, to get leverage and the way to get leverage is to succeed through others and the way to succeed through others is to effectively lead them
1: Great feedback. Absolutely. Absolutely. Loving the call. Now, I'm wondering if you could tell us the difference between hard and soft leadership skills?
0: Yeah, so so the hard skills are about what to do. They're the, they're the what's, you know, set your goals, create a plan, um, you know, uh, refine your tactics, make sure you're, you're, you know, you're, you're uh, focused on a primary objective. Um, you know, in my world, the objective is to help you know, to have, provide an environment where entrepreneurs can thrive, right? So that's my purpose. And it's a very powerful purpose um, that that's kind of the hard skill stuff. You know, your belief system, um, your mission, your vision, your values, your beliefs. Those are all stated. And th- those are the those are kind of the what we're talking about. Um, another example of a hard skill would be, you know, being able to, uh, you know, make sure you you hold your people accountable um the soft skill would be how to do that in a way where the 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 receiving you know the the, the receiver of accountability uh doesn't feel impugned or talked down to or feel less than and when you when you really think about the the soft skill of holding somebody accountable it's quite an art i believe and um, it's it's it can be very it should be very energizing. Uh, I coached with a with a brilliant man by the name of Jay Abraham for a number of years,
1: and,
0: and and Jay um, Jay Jay and I he he taught me something very important. He said, you know, most of the time in any accountability session or goal setting or even job you know performance evaluation, whatever it is, he says most of the time. The employee or the manager, leader, whoever it is, leaves feeling worse than when they went into the meeting. And of course, if you're a long-term leader, your goal is to help people feel inspired and energized and have a renewed focus, right? So, so that's in any business interaction you have, um, you've got to have, you've got to still hold them accountable. That's not. I'm not saying you have sympathy. <laughs> uh, not saying you lose sight of what you know what the mission is and their activities and all those kinds of things, but the soft skill is for them to leave that thinking, you know this guy really cares about me, he really wants me to succeed, you know yes. he wants me to do well so
1: that's a legendary name as well Jay Abraham if it's the same Jay Abraham I'm thinking of that's incredible so uh, again yeah, if you're on this if you're on this call and you're listening to this um, this is the real deal you know we're not taking shortcuts with our education or what we've done to get to where we are um, and how how important do you think that is for a leader to have an ongoing um, you know commitment to their own self growth and, and learning and education
0: yeah it's it's the most critical investment you can make right is to continue to invest in yourself um create and you know being able being able to embrace different perspectives uh to become a to become a more well well well-rounded leader john maxwell wrote a wonderful book called the 360 degree leader um the principles in that book are timeless and you know it's one of the those are those are the kind of things that you you know i i'll i'll get back into that book every once in a while and just remind myself you know of what it's like to have a very well-rounded view and perspective on things because you know you because as a leader you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together so you have to make sure that you know it's just like you know it's just like a soccer team or an nfl football team or whatever it is you have to put the right players in the right position so you have to really have a strong and accurate picture of you know from all angles from all views
1: absolutely sage advice Um, thank you again now we seem to be seeing uh, across industry sectors globally a shift from you know in person type leadership where you have employees sitting directly in front of you we touched on this a bit earlier um, but how have you seen leaders continue to get the results that they're required to get if their teams are working remotely i'll
0: tell you it's tough um there is no substitute for, you know, having somebody in front of you physically, I'll just say that, Um, when you have the energy and the synergy with people together, it's just very powerful. And I would encourage anybody in leadership to definitely make a point of getting people together. You know, it doesn't have to be as often as it used to, it doesn't have to be every day. But I believe it should be, you know, there should be a cadence of the human beings being together if possible and if that's not possible then on on your zoom call or on your digital call or whatever call you're on you really have to have your act together and you have to have visuals you have to have i think you have to have some guest speakers come in and and add you know add detail to what you're trying to talk about i think you really have to work super hard uh, on a digital platform, because, um, it's at that point, it's, it's really about your, it's about your system. It's about, um, lining things out easily. And it's about simplifying because on, on, dig, in a digital world, if you, you know, if you just start droning on as a leader and you start naming 50 things that they need to do that your, 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 your guys need to do, or your gals, um, you're going to confuse them.
1: Yeah, and, absolutely.
0: Much easier just to make it, you know, get get the one or two things that need to be done first, right? And so, in a digital world, it's simplify, simplify, simplify.
1: So there's a lot of um, you know senses that get shut off from a digital space. You can't feel the room. Do you believe in that intuitive um, leader? Um, that, that 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 ability to you know feel what's happening in a meeting?
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's that's part of, I think what makes. You know the the, the leader more long term when he's in tune. You know, uh, you had a guest speaker who talked about uh, super feelers. Uh, she was she was amazing. She was a great great person. On I can't remember her name. You you probably know it. But it's being being empathetic and being able to feel the um, the energy from the crowd or from your people uh, speaks way more volume than what their words are. This is where this where it gets a little bit lost in translation in the digital world, because in the digital world, you're operating a lot on words. In the real world, you're operating on much, much more information. You've got tonality, you've got body language, you've got facial expressions. There's there's a lot more that you can read from people when you're with them physically.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for the feedback. And uh, I wonder, what was the, I guess, the reasoning or the genesis for writing the book? When did you know you were going to pick up uh, that pen and put it to paper, as it were?
0: Well, um, you know, I, I joined a group called the Genius Network. And I thought I was pretty hot stuff, you know. And I joined this group and there were all these amazing people, incredibly intelligent, incredibly heartfelt people led by a led by a man who i greatly respect by the name of joe polish and joe's uh network in that in that group um it seemed as though everyone had a very defined you know purpose and a very defined mission and they were and and this group is such so heartfelt that it you know these brilliant successful wealthy you know all these things and yet they're focus is on how can you help you know bring other people up with you how can you inspire others how can you educate and and how and how can you um uh you know educate them to a point where um you know they they get a sense of of you know calm and certainty and one of the commonalities in this group was they everybody had written their written a book and it was through the coaching and through the environment of Joe Polish's Genius Network that I made the decision to kind of take what I knew in my life and put it to paper so that, um, you know, I, so that other people could follow in me, maybe saving them a little heartache, making their job more efficient, making their career more lucrative, um, making their businesses more successful.
1: Did it take you a long time to write and when did you know it was finished?
0: It, it didn't take me a long time to r- write it. I, I think I dictated it in probably 60 days. Um, and then, boy, what a great question, uh, Rick, that what you just said, when did I know it was finished? It's not finished. It's never <laughs> finished. Um, no matter, I mean, it was, you know, it was three inches thick. And then, uh, you know, with editing and just making sure there was a lot of meat in the book, it you know, we whittled it down. And, and try to just make it more succinct and just more to the point. So, yes, I mean, there's probably another book on, you know, coming because um, the one that, you know, you just can never write enough, you know, there's always more.
1: I reckon there is definitely a book in you or two left because you know, just the way you've spoken, um, the things that you've shared with us on the show, I cannot tell you enough how appreciative I am, as well as our audience are for for you taking the time to do that. Um, Now that we're at the pointy end of the call, I'm wondering where can people buy the book and where can they find out more about you and where can they connect with you?
0: Sure. Um, You know, it's long, long longtermleader.com. It's on Amazon. Um, You know, it's, easy to find uh got it in hardback and paperback um there's uh you know there's a little uh uh, you know little bonus the 10 mistakes leaders make there's a there's a cool little quip in there about you know how you can really fine-tune and hone your communication skills to connect with people at a much safer and deeper level um yeah and uh I think that's that's where you start. And um, you know, if you want to get a hold of uh, of me, um you can do through, you know, get get a hold of me through my email, Scott A at KW.com and I can give you a link or have a brief, you know, chat um and see if there's any way I can serve you. Uh if there is, you know, w- you know, I'm available to do that. Um it it takes a little bit of you know for me to you know make sure that you know it's a good fit. So that's that's yeah. super important.
1: Absolutely. And to further that, uh, Scott, we're obviously going to be making sure that the links back to all of your wonderful work and your book are available through the longtermleader.com website, which I love that domain name. And if you're on this uh, call today, you're looking to learn more about leadership, you know where to go right now, uh, (laughs) longtermleader.com. Reach out to Scott and make sure you get a copy of his book. And with all that being uh, said, Scott, what a great call. Thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today.
0: Uh, Thank you, Rick. You're a very skilled interviewer and I appreciate your professionalism and thank you very much. It's an honor to, you know, if I can be of service to anybody. So thank you.
1: Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.